can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long. While your hosts toe tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Adult content ahead because you know we're doing it live. All right, let's get into it. So, so far in our first two episodes, we've touched on linebackers and offensive line. Tonight, we're getting into the secondary because fortunately, unfortunately, depending on your perspective, the headlines just seem to write themselves when it comes to our secondary these days and be far from us not to give them their due respect. Now, that said, though, camps are open. We're getting to live tackling next Monday. The season's only a few weeks away, I think officially a month. And we've actually hit a stride where we're getting some regular headlines. So for that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partners stick on a topic to talk about or kick it to the next one. So, Burger. Yep. Disciple. Yep. Answer me that age-old playground taunts. Are you kicking it or are you sticking it? First up. Dexter Lawrence got a New York Giants tattoo on his right arm. We're going to have to stick that, Mac. Not going to lie. This, put the smile on my silly little face. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, second year uh, player. He was the second of the three first rounders from the 2019 draft. Uh, the young man must be enjoying his time in New York if he's going to get a huge New York Giants tattoo on his bicep. Uh, the fact he grew up a Giants fan, you know, admiring the legends like Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, and Osi. You know, I'm, I might be player crushing right now, but uh, I love the dedication, the commitment. I can't wait to watch Dex play this year. Um, I'm hoping for big things in his sophomore Stuck season. It was unbelievable. All right, the athletic ranks Giants defense number 31. That's out of 32 total defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I'm going to have to stick this topic. I think that this is like, kind of out of line harsh i mean yeah the giants have not been good the last three years but at the same time we are making strides we did sign some quality free agent we did draft some quality talent on the defensive side of the ball and to have 30 other defenses ahead of us it just seems kind of ridiculous to me he stuck the landing it was unbelievable offensive tackle jackson dennis expected to sign with the giants formerly undrafted out of holy cross Six foot seven, three hundred and eight pounder Hag Molly. Wait, wait, can we kick it back? All right, former Michigan State wide receiver Cody White expected to sign with the Giants this week. Uh, can I kick it? Sam Beal officially opted out of the 2020 season this week. The burger's going to stick it here, Mac. Uh, first off, I'll start by saying from a healthy family standpoint, uh, totally get where he's coming from. Got to respect that decision, especially from all of us from Big Blue. Um, we totally get it and wish you nothing but the best, Sam. But from a football standpoint, you've done diddly squats since you've been drafted in the third round of the supplemental draft back in 2018. 
in my eyes, he's a fucking lingerer, man. Fucking lingerer, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore. Beal suffers a shoulder injury his rookie season, doesn't play. Last season, we think we're going to get him back. He gets hurt in training camp with a hamstring injury that lands him on the IR. Uh, he doesn't make an appearance until week 10. And in those six contests, they were very uneventful. He finished with a 53.9 player rating. I think I'm just more frustrated um, that when Gettleman took him in the third round of that supplemental draft, he had a first-round grade, and uh, he just hasn't lived up to that bill yet. Um, you know, it comes down to a health perspective, and he, he hasn't maintained it yet. So I, you got to see why I'm, like, you know, coming out with this little anger. Um, and he, he opts out of the 2020 season when the door just seems to be wide open for him with uh, DeAndre Baker's legal Stuck issues. The landing. It was um, unbelievable. Let's move on, Mac. Giants seemingly sign Ross Cockrell. It's Cockrell. That's what we call a throwback. But then they don't. Walks out of the facility without a contract. Yeah, I'm going to stick this one. Uh, I just think this was classic case of deal gone south. The two may, may have, you know, had conversations, but, you know, it's a business deal and sometimes both sides don't want to come to a compromise i get it it happens let's move on and uh look for another free agent talent at cornerback stuck the landing it was unbelievable giants to sign rookie defensive back prince smith out of new hampshire yeah even if he makes the team can we kick it for now yes you can although my man did squat like 485 pounds, but we digress. And that's it for Kick It and Stick It tonight. Now, a word from our non-sponsors. Tonight's What the F Would That Look Like is not brought to you by Boost Mobile. Giants fans, have you ever thought to yourself, I want a cell phone package that delivers me the type of coverage I expect out of my team on Sundays? We'll look no further than Boost Mobile the unofficial sponsor of the 2019-28th rated New York Giants pass defense. Boost Mobile. Hey, we could be worse. And now, back to the show. All right, let's get into our next segment tonight. Um, What the F would that look like? So for those of you joining us for the first time, what the F would that look like is our weekly segment where we posit a hypothetical and discuss what the F the world would look like if that were to actually be reality. Coming this fall to a field near you, adapted from Tom Clancy's best-selling novel, comes a spy coverage thriller. New York Giants Studios, produced by Dave Gettleman, directed by Joe Judge, Starring former free special agent Logan Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Blue December. Okay, just to be clear, Disciple, we are talking about a reality here in which the Giants go out and sign former Titans and informally prior to that Patriots cornerback slash safety Logan Ryan and adds him into our secondary. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So very, very briefly, and I apologize, indulge me gentlemen, but I want to circle back 
to Sam Beal before we get into our starters and then what the rest of this is going to mean for Logan Ryan. Because I personally, not to bogart my later take on uh, in our four down territory, but I had Sam Beal as our starting cornerback and would really make this Logan Ryan signing irrelevant. So I'm not going to get on my high horse on my pedestal and nothing against Berger's take. I, I, I think he said it well, but over the last week or two, I've been reading um, and listening to some of our, they might cringe to hear us refer to them as colleagues, but our other giants colleagues talking about Sam Beal and this whole COVID situation. And, and I'm just going to say this is if you're going to say at the top that you respect his decision to his decision, excuse me, to opt out for his family, for his health, whatever the reason is, then that's it. That's the end of the discussion. Let's move on. Because for the rest of this conversation today, DeAndre Baker, he's on the exempt list. He's dealing with his legal battles. He is irrelevant from a football perspective for the New York Giants. And the same equates for Sam Beal. There has been a lot of this talk about, oh, well, you know, he's been soft. He was hurt his first few years. And this was the year where he could have made his his uh, presence felt. And, oh, he decides to opt out. Like, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do for his family. But I don't know. I question his toughness or whether or not he loves football. All I'm going to say, all of you out there listening, all of you out there writing about the Giants, if your employer right now gave you a scot-free, hey, look, you get to take the next year off come back to your job next year guaranteed for that contract, would you really not take it? All I'm going to say, think about that question before you start throwing rocks at my boy Sam Beal. He might be off the team next year, I don't know. But we still have a very young, talented cornerback for the next two years on a cheap contract. We will let the on-field play speak for himself. Who knows? Maybe he's washed up and never was the guy. We'll find out. But I'm not going to attack him for doing the right thing for him and his family's health when his employer gave him the option. So anyways, I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm a little heated about that. Let's talk starters, guys. Before we get into Logan Ryan in this scenario, because I think we're going to have a debate here, can we at least agree that the three other spots, so for a starting 3-4 defense, although nickel package is a significant amount, uh, you know, more so, frankly, than your base set these days. But base set, we're lining up James Bradbury, starting cornerback, Jabril Peppers, starting strong safety, and Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, rookie, penciled in as that starter at free safety. Can we at least agree that those are our three starters or no? Absolutely agree. I don't think I don't think and most Giant fans would even have a question. And uh I'm sure when the depth chart comes out later this uh later this week probably, honestly. Maybe maybe in the next two, three weeks you'll see a depth chart come out from Joe Judge and that's when we'll solidify that. Yeah, hundred percent. I um I think these three are uh definitely need to be penciled in as starters. Um I, I have a fan of McKinney. I think he offers the same versatility as Isaiah Simmons. You know, it's that Swiss Army knife uh, at the free, free safety position. And uh, we drafted him in the second round instead of the first, so that was always nice. And then Peppers is a hybrid player, which I feel like we still haven't untapped yet. So the two of them as our sa- starting safeties hopefully for the next five years could be, uh, be doing big things. I just want to say something uh, about what you just said there. 
how McKinney is kind of like Isaiah Simmons. They are, but they aren't at the same time because when you watch Isaiah Simmons play, he's not like a big hitter, but he's he's a big like rapper. Like he will wrap you up with his like long ass arms. He plays like an octopus. That's what I'm saying. But McKinney will drop the shoulder and will pulverize you if you're in the middle of the field. He will pick the ball off and he will sack the quarterback when he's sent. This is this this is a this is a freaking high end defensive weapon we got ourselves at what thirty fifth overall thirty sixth thirty six second round thirty six. Well, I really like what he brings to the table. And then we also bring in Bradbury as our corner one who. He's got a reputation to show up on on the big stage against the top receiver in this league, um, especially when you have to face Julio Jones twice a year. Um, I think it was week 11. He gave up six catches, 91 yards, no touchdowns. Week 14, it was just five catches for 66. Like, that's keeping maybe a top three receiver in check in my mind. I mean, who's who's the best guy in our or in our conference or in our division? Probably Amari Cooper. Amari? But he got shut down by Stephon Gilmore against the Cowboys. I had him on fantasy, bro. Zero points, zero receptions, zero yards. I was sick. Jeez. Cooper, Cooper doesn't show up. You duplicitous taint drafting I, fucking Cowboys. Yo, I, you have to do what it takes to fucking win, Mac. Okay? doesn't matter who you have to draft. I'll draft Deshaun Jackson tomorrow if it means I'm winning the championship. And I hate that man as a player. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Don't even get it. Yeah, right, let's, let's digress into uh... – I will lose my shit. <laughs> Start talking about Deshaun Jackson right yeah. now. I was there. I yeah, was So was there. I, bro. Oh, well, no. We're well, there. That's, that's going to be a whole other time if we really want to get into a dark place. <laughs> let's, let's rein it back. Before in. we even knew each other, mind you. True. Sitting what? A section away? Although yeah. that was the closest I've ever been. Uh, it was the best seats I've ever had in my life for a Giants game, and it was like the worst day of my goddamn life. I've never heard 80,000 people go quiet that quickly. But. Oh, God. I was talking so much shit. I was like, yeah, fuck Philly Eagles suck. Take the turnpike south, bitch. Just yell. <laughs> I'm like 16 years old, too. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm just out of fucking – I'm like, yo, we're, we're going to the playoffs. And to, if we remember correctly, we did go 10-6 and six that year, but we missed the playoffs. So it, it's just luck of the draw sometimes. That's why 10 and 6, like 10 wins might not be enough. Might not be enough to get in the playoffs. If we win 10 games this year, I mean, I'll be, be over the moon. Oh, um, that's it, Berger. I want to bring it back to one thing that you mentioned, and I'm interested in your opinion here. So you know who else thinks that he is versatile? It's Xavier McKinney himself. So quoted from the LA Times, quote, literally, I am very versatile. <laughs> you can see that on the tape. I think that's the biggest thing, just to know no matter how the game is turning out to be whether we're winning or losing, I'm going hard. I'm going to put 110% into every game, and you see that in my tape. I mean, you got that's an easy take. You know, that's, that's a gimme from a, a reporter, I imagine. But not everybody lands that question. I, I think that aligns to the idea of what the vision, if you will, that Patrick Graham and Joe Judge has for this team, blue-collar, tough player my man Hell played yeah. 323 snaps in the box 227 in the slot 271 deep safety we're preaching a a defense that has no true base and is is very versatile and and i believe the word they use a, a lot is multiple and i think mckinney oh, yeah. slots right into that um if you feel the same 
Yeah, well, considering the Giants' D was one of the worst last season, you know, we finished 30th out of 32 teams, allowing 377 yards a game and 28 points, you know. 264 of those are on the, uh, through the air. So bringing in a player like McKinney's caliber, where he was a leader on the Alabama squad for years, um, hopefully that'll translate uh, to the Giants, you know. Um, I think that with Patrick Graham, he'll be able to deploy him like I said, with that Swiss Army knife mentality, like you said, he could be possibly in the box more, like with Peppers, or he could be coming out on blitz packages. Like, I'm very excited to see how Graham will use him because he hasn't gone on record saying he's going to play a 3-4 or a 4-3 defense. Um, he actually got interviewed in a question, and he asked, so are you a 3-4 or a 4-3? And Graham responded, I'll always answer yes. 3-4, 4-3, 2-4, 3-3, 5. Whatever you say, I'll say yes. So – in my mind, I like how he's very flexible. Um, he's versatile when he comes to his game plan, which is great. You know, it'll throw off offensive coordinators on a game-to-game basis. So if he's going to be playing his various schemes, you know, his DBs are very involved. He likes to blitz with them a lot. And he blitzed ninth most of my uh, ninth most of Miami last season. Sorry. So I think bringing in versatile players will, will help him uh, in the grand scheme of his uh, vision make it work, you know. No, absolutely. And the thing that I think that these guys, I mean, Joe Judge and Patrick Graham bring is that Patriots uh, kind of interchangeable parts, next man up kind of mentality. Like you don't need all these big names, but at the same time as a unit, they just do the damn job so well. They're forcing three and outs. They're creating turnovers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's the so, Patriots way, right? You're going to tell me well, that Kyle Van Noy is going to go somewhere else and be, an, and be a pro? No, absolutely not. Belichick wouldn't let him go if that were the case. Yeah. You know, Jamie Collins, talented linebacker, star with the Patriots, goes to the Browns, mediocre at best, comes back, and he's a pro bowler. I mean, I, I think the, their results speak for themselves. Um, so one thing on, on our, our other starting safety, talking about being multiple, I think – you know, Peppers, we, we seem to think that we know what he is because he's been in the league. This will be his fourth year. We still got him locked up. We picked up his fifth-year option for next year. Um, so he's only 24 years old, and I think he played so many different positions in Michigan. It was seen as a big benefit. He was a returner. He was a special teams guy. He was a safety. Honestly, I think he got a little burn at running back. Someone's going to have to fact-check me there. I think the detriment to that in the NFL is that he was a jack of all trades, not a master of, uh, of one. So he's still sort of learning the position. Um, he is sort of that hybrid, you know, as we would say in Betcher's defense, that money backer role. So I'd be interested to see whether it's Logan Ryan locking in that spot, or as we start talking about Julian Love and Darnay Holmes, how that allows us to be more multiple because even Xavier McKinney, who I think is going to slot in that free safety role, he is not a true center fielder and Jabril Peppers is not a true back safety. And even Logan Ryan um, came out and said the other day, apparently his agent sent statistics to every single GM showing how he stacks up against the rest of the safeties in the league. Even he thinks he's sort of a hybrid safety guy. So Given the context of our our reality here, we're locked in on Peppers, McKinney, and Bradbury. I think we're fairly positive on all of them, generally speaking. What is is Logan Ryan starting then? Berger, hit me with some stats here. Well, I know he had a hell of a year, 
Do we think he's beating out Julian Love, Darnay Holmes? Who who else is even part of the option? Because I, I well, if if we do hypothetically sign him like we are in this scenario, uh, this is what we're getting with him from the Titans last season. It was career high four interceptions, eighteen passes defended, four and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, combined one hundred thirteen tackles, seventy three were solo. Like the guy had a fucking baller season, um, helping the Titans reach an AFC Championship game two-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Like, the guy's got a pedigree. And if we bring that in, I think that helps a young secondary. And we can be a formidable group with him, to be honest. And then we have one of the young first-year rookies coming at DB or at the nickel spot. I think the sky's the limit almost for Patrick Graham and this defense. What do you think, uh, Disciple? Well, I, I do think the sky's the limit, but how low is the floor, too? You got to understand, like – the Dolphins' defense last year wasn't that good. Obviously, they were decried of talent, but, you know. I, I Just to play devil's advocate, I mean, what's the best – what is the best ranking as a defensive unit for these guys that you see in 2020? I think if we're 20th or higher, that's a success. And just a quick note on what you just said, Disciple – uh-huh. Talk about uh, okay. Let me ask you both a question. Shot out of a cannon. Um, if you had to say right now, who had more talent on paper in on the roster last year, defensive roster, Giants or the Dolphins? Just unbiased, off the top of your head. Giants. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go Giants. So I think if there's any reason for optimism, I mean, there's a couple reasons for it, despite losing arguably your one and two cornerbacks um, with regards to Baker and Beal is that he was able to get some decent production out of Miami with lesser talent. I'm really interested and intrigued to see what a guy like Patrick Graham can do with the young guys on this roster. And we keep talking about versatility. And I think that is, you know, the, the echoes of the past might be playing out in real time. So you Giants fans out there listening that are thinking about, hey, you know, why does a three-safety set sound familiar? I mean, does Deion Grant, El- Antrell Roll, Kenny Phillips in a 2011 Super Bowl sound familiar? Like, I, I'm not. Those are big shoes to fill. And I'm on record saying if we win eight games, I'll be thrilled. So I'm not sitting here talking Super Bowl. But I think if you can put – our position or our players in a position to succeed and are getting the best 11 football players on the field and are not obsessed with fitting into your scheme. You know, Betra ran a very specific scheme and we just didn't have the players to do it. I'm really, really interested. I mean, you got Julian Love and Darnay Holmes that are guys that depending on who you're talking to can play nickelback, can play safety, can play outside cornerback. In this scenario, we're bringing in Logan Ryan, debatedly off his best year of his career, who's also a guy that can play outside cornerback, nickelback. He's calling himself a safety. Peppers and McKinney are borderline fucking linebackers. I mean, you run this, what were you saying earlier, Disciple, a 4-2-5? Who are the linebackers? Who are the DBs? I I don't know. I, I think... It gives us a lot of opportunities to confuse people. And I, for one, am sick of watching us get beat with two-yard slants. Uh, <laughs> you know, every down. I, I don't know. Um, no, it was know, just like yeah. a terrible cycle last year, especially. 
you had no pressure, and it was just so damn easy to find the open man, which the opposing quarterback did every single time. You know what I mean? I think that it, it's going to be manufactured defenses for every game. I think it's a, it's going to be built on matchups. I feel like Pat Shermer was very, like, lackadaisical. Like, you know what I mean? I can't say I wasn't in the locker room, but I just feel like the week-to-week management and zero accountability that I saw, I just hope that Joe Judge takes this team where it needs to be. Like, I'm sick of the looking forward to the fucking draft before Halloween. I'm sick of being tuned out before Thanksgiving. Like, this has been a tough fucking four years. And I'm ready to get back to winning again. I'm done with the boat trip memes. I'm done with all that bullshit. Let's win again, man. Let's host playoff games, man. Like, please. Please. Just give it to me. Feed me. (laughs) Feed me that energy because it's been a long fucking time. I mean, we were all there. The last time we had a meaningful December game, if I recall. Um, Again, topic for another pod, but... Atlanta Falcons, the only game in the MetLife Stadium. How sad is that? Two fucking teams, too. And only one playoff game hosted. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Eight years ago. Jesus. Well, with that excellent segue, uh, I think it's fair to say that despite the insanity, we're decently – we're cautiously optimistic about the ability of our defensive back group to step up and be competitive. We have, in this scenario, some pretty legitimate starters. I mean, James Bradbury is a, uh, a veteran with, with some chops against some of the best talent in the NFL. We think that Peppers and his ascending, still 24-year-old guy who can play versatile um, you know, linebacker, strong safety role. Xavier McKinney is obviously very – we're very high on. Uh, everybody really lauded him as a phenomenal pick. I think, frankly, we had options to trade back. And we didn't because we were couldn't believe that he fell to us at 36. And then we got Logan Ryan coming in, who's still only 29 years old. You know, some some years of the Patriots, connections with Joe Judge on a Titans defense. It was phenomenal last year. And then we got some solid young depth between Julian Love, Darnay Holmes, Corey Ballantyne, and then there's a couple other names out there that could play a role. So let's get into that then. Um, we'll go into our four down territory. So this is our segment, guys, when you know the game is on the line and you're going for it. These are your top four takes. So tonight we're doing things a little bit differently because we just mentioned your big blue all year crew here is agreed for once on a topic that Bradbury McKinney and Peppers are locked in as our starters. So for tonight, these are your four takes on who we think are the starting second cornerback, so CB2, and then the first DB off the bench, be that a nickel cornerback or safety. So, Berger, who you got on first down? Who are we rolling with? So, this will be the most unlikely outcome from the DB group. Uh, it's going to be Chris Williamson, the seventh rounder out of Minnesota last year, and Sean Chandler, the second-year undrafted player out of Temple. Uh, he was also labeled as a safety, but in this scenario, we'll put him as corner. Um, I'll start with Williamson. Uh, he's a raw physical football player. Um, he has exper- uh, has to experience an unusual offseason amid this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, no in-person rookie camp, no mini camp or OTAs. So I'll consider Williamson a long shot to be the cornerback to this season. As for Chandler, um, like I said, he was labeled as a safety. We're going to put him as a corner. 
Uh, he got some burn last year. He flashed against the run uh, with the Giants bringing in Nate Ebner in the offseason and Julian Love finding success with a strong safety. Um, Chandler might need to step up the corner position to even make the 53-man roster. Um, but if this scenario were to be true, we just found two starting caliber defensive backs out of thin air, boys. Uh, Gettleman deserves some high praise if they went in this direction and certainly found some diamonds in the rough. So second down, we're going with Corey Ballantyne and Grant Haley, two guys that have been on the roster that we haven't talked about tonight. So for those of you who aren't aware, Corey Ballantyne had some, I mean, let's call it tragic circumstances at the end of last year, right around the draft, which should have been a huge celebration for him and his family. Uh, he got shot in the ass, if uh, I'm not incorrect. Um, and then his teammate actually passed away in, an, in the same shooting incident. So uh, obviously a tragedy. Um, I think that, you know, you're a rookie working through a million different things coming out of a, a D2 school, I want to say, an FBS school in Washburn. Um, and he's athletic. Um, you know, he, he was a six-round pick. He was a former track star. But he was really miscast as a slot DB these other challenges and he was playing out of position I really think he is in a uh, position to step up if he's actually going to be given time at that outside corner so I, I would love to see Corey Ballantyne step up and then Grant Haley guys I mean undrafted guy out of Penn State I believe this would be his third year anybody who's been watching the Giants knows that he has liabilities and coverage I mean hell the idea of thinking about him guarding C.D. Lamb in the slot twice a year against the Cowboys gives me uh, the heebie-jeebies, I believe is the phrase. Um, that said, if there is any system, we've been talking about being versatile. If there's any system that gives me optimism about playing to a player's strengths and while minimizing their weaknesses, it's one that is born out of the mold of the Patriots style. So give me a guy who's stout against the run um, and maybe can make up some, some of his inefficiencies in pass defense. Corey Ballantyne at outside cornerback, Grant Haley, first man off the bench. That's my second round, or excuse me, my second down. So for my third down, we're going to go Julian Love at outside corner, Darnay Holmes in the nickel. So I know it's kind of a surprise to, to hear Julian Love at outside corner. A lot of people want to pencil him in at safety or in the slot. And I say that's kind of hogwash. And I want to just bring up something that uh, Joe Judge said today. Uh, he said, our cornerbacks will be safeties and our safeties will be cornerbacks, which you just fucking love to hear. But let's get back to Julian Love. So he's the fourth-round pick out of uh, Notre Dame. Played pretty good when he what was asked to him last year. You know, I liked what we saw. We, we like the potential he has, but still kind of unproven. Don't really know. Darnay Holmes, obviously rookie, drafted in the fourth round out of UCLA. I mean, he's kind of small. That's why he people penciled him in as, at the slot, too. I actually kind of see these two cornerbacks being interchangeable. Could play the slot, could play the outside. Darnay Holmes is a little bit on the small side, but was an outside corner at UCLA against pretty decent competition. So, you know, we'll see. These guys could... Also beat some draft diamonds too, man. Gettleman late round gems. And shout out to our boy Darnay Holmes too. I know we say it every time he comes up on this pod, but if you haven't read read that article that he wrote about his life growing up, 
Uh, we're hoping for success on the football field, but that man's going places in his personal life, no matter what he's got it. So hopefully that translates to the football field. All right, guys, fourth down. This is what we're rolling with. This is game is on the line. And in my opinion, this was going to be Sam Beal, but again, I'm not going to step on my take earlier. So I'm going really on a limb here and quote unquote, someone not on the roster currently and Julian Love. So Sort of a cop-out, I get it, guys. But the reality is, I think we're bringing in somebody. You know, despite what Joe Judge wants to say, I think he came out earlier saying that it's not necessarily a priority to go ahead and get one of these free agents. But the reality is, we've lost two guys that are meant to be playing major roles and are young. There's some decent veterans out there. I think our interest in Ross Cockrell shows that that's just coach speak. So, be it Logan Ryan, be it Drake or Patrick or someone else. I think our starting cornerback uh, September 14th against the Steelers is going to be someone not currently on the roster. And then, ooh, big surprise, Julian Love again. But the difference between Disciples third down and mine is I see Julian Love coming in first man off the bench as that nickel slot, you know, safety type hybrid role. I think when we allow Peppers to drop down in the box or maybe even McKinney, we'll see how it goes. Julian Love's going to be back there. He started a few games after Peppers got that back injury, played very well. I know all season people were like, why the hell isn't this guy playing? Fourth round pick. Um, there was a lot of buzz about him in the drafts. Um, it's weird that he has been sort of typecast as a safety, despite being very successful at Notre Dame as an outside corner. So we, we've been talking about versatility. And I think he brings it, be it strong safety, be it nickelback, be it outside corner. This man's going to be on the field and he's going to see some playing time. So I don't think there's any fourth down play on this topic that doesn't see Julian Love playing a significant role. So uh, that's that's what we got. Fingers crossed is Logan Ryan. All right. So that brings us to huge predictions. Each week, your panel is going to be offering huge predictions for the upcoming Giants game. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for the season, we're going to be keeping them weird, guys. So this week's huge prediction is not brought to you by Facillo Automotive, but we're still working on it. So seriously, if anybody knows their VP of marketing, please hit us up on Twitter at BigBlue all year. The burger's huge prediction is the Giants are going to try and address the cornerback position again uh, amid failing at signing Ross Cockrell and that they will sign Logan Ryan and he will help lead the Giants to a top 18 pass defense this season. All right. My huge prediction is going to be Jabril Peppers ends up playing the majority of his snaps actually lined up at the linebacker position and Julian Love will play over 50% of the defensive snaps in the 2020 season. And now it's time for Disciples. Huge prediction. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Xavier McKinney will be the defensive rookie of the year, beating out Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, the whole lot of the defensive rookies. Huge talents. I really think that Xavier McKinney has got a legitimate shot to take home that trophy. That's right. It's huge. Really huge. If you haven't figured it out by now, folks, we're possessed by the spirits that reside at 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, 
even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. I'm gonna drink a green tea all goddamn day. You gonna bring the demons out of me? We got a well done burger on the loose. You called the man by the wrong name. His name is Sexy Dexy. And us big sexies, we stick together. Put some respect on his name. I like him big. I like him chunky. Okay, Mac, you're up next. Not really too crazy, so I'm just going to call this one a technical foul. But you're, you're just bad with words, man. You said that's a throwback for when you're meaning a callback for a joke. Comedy 101, bud. And you said the NFC was a conference. It's division, bud. Come on. That's it. I saved the worst offender for last, too. Disciple, don't think your divine blessing is going to save you now. I, I know for a fact you drag your hairy ass all the way down to Jersey on the snowiest and coldest days even when they're losing on 15 weeks in a row. You're still there. Shut up if you're disinterested by Halloween. Everyone knows that's a lie. That's just Blasphemy! That, 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 that is blasphemous! That is blasphemous! I have exercised the demons! Alright, all you dreamers and creamers. Thanks for joining us, giant jagaloons, for tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year. Please like and review us on Spotify and Apple Pods. For Burger, The Disciple, and The Shaman. I'm Mac. We're big blue all year. Good night.